Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Welcome Sunday. Uh, my name's Sam and one of the pastors here. I'm really excited to be joining with you in your lounge room as we explore, uh, we continue our Love Does sermon series and today we're going to be unpacking a bit of Romans. I love Romans, my favorite book and really excited to hear what God has for us. Uh, Would you join with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that today that you would speak to us, that we would hear your words from your heart and that it wouldn't be my words. And uh, Lord, challenge us, encourage us today into what unity looks like. So thank you for who you are and what you're doing and that we we are held in your hands, in the palm of your hands, and that you love us so much. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, relationships. We're going to talk a little bit about relationships to do, together. Uh, it's a, something we, we all have lots of relationships in our lives, and relationships are a big part of who we are and our identity. And uh, I, I think that most relationships start in a very selfish way. Probably nearly all relationships, in fact, start out in a selfish way because they start out, you know, what's in it for me? You think of your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever relationship you're in, usually they start out with a what's in it for me. You don't meet your future husband, future wife and think, gee, I'm really looking forward to serving that person. I'm really looking forward to to washing their clothes or cleaning the toilet after they've gone. Like We don't think in those terms. We think in terms of what's in it for me? What do I get out of it? And it's only as we grow and develop in our relationships that we mature and we start to love the person for who they are. In a very similar way, spiritually, uh, a lot of us start out our spiritual journey in a what's in it for me idea. You know, God, what, what's in it for me? Having Jesus in my life, I want to see return. I want to know it's worthwhile. I want to know what's in it for me. And as we start to get into it, we start to realize that it's an amazing journey to follow Jesus. You know, the freedom, the hope, the joy, the peace that flows from pursuing Jesus is an amazing thing, a truly amazing thing. And sometimes we, we, we get a little discouraged because we start to realize that, you know what, it's not exactly working out the way that I wanted. See, many of us don't actually mature and grow in our faith to the place where we start to realize that following Jesus isn't about us at all. And it's not about what I can get out of. It's not about skipping hell or skipping uh, problems in life, but it's about joining and partnering with what God is already doing and being a part of His kingdom. And that is, that is a transition and a, something that we need to take hold of and we need to take on board as we grow older. And that affects how we treat each other. It's important that we realize that our understanding of God's kingdom affects how we relate together, how we appreciate one another. And uh, Paul in, in Romans, he's addressing the conflict that comes up between the Jew and the Gentile. There's this conflict that exists between the, how they, the expression of their faith, the expression of their religion, because they have very contrasting, very different views on what it looks like to follow Jesus. 
And so Paul writes to them and encourages them. And if you've got your Bibles, I hope you do, uh, turn Romans 15, uh, verse 7. And Paul writes, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. The why, the why in this passage is, is that Christ accepts us. That is the why. We accept people because Christ has accepted us. And what does that mean, Sam? I'm glad you asked. Well, that means that we've been accepted without having to do anything. We, we, we simply respond to a message of salvation. We take hold of that message. But we don't have to perform. We don't have to jump through hoops. There's no push-up challenges to get into the kingdom of God. It's simply we respond to the free gift of salvation. And, and that is how... Paul is encouraging us to relate with people around us, that we don't put conditions on how we connect and how we share and how we can communicate, that we simply love and accept them for who they are. How did God accept Jesus? Well, in Jesus' baptism in, in the Gospel of John, we read that John was baptizing Jesus. And as he did, a dove came down from heaven and God said over his son, he said, this is my son of whom I'm well pleased. See, Jesus hadn't even started his ministry. This was before Jesus did anything. God was well pleased with him because he was made in the image of God. And I think that it's really important for us to realize that we don't have to do anything to make God pleased. God is pleased with who we are. And he, he challenges us and he wants us to, to grow in, in faithfulness and in a revelation of who he is. But he is pleased because he created us. He takes joy in simply being with us. And, and that's something that we need to understand. That God has accepted us just as I am, warts and all. You know, my moles that I want to get rid of, God loves me for who I am, not for what I can do. And that is a revelation that we need to take hold of as a church and how we treat each other. That it's not about what you can do for someone else, but God is calling us to accept one another simply because God has accepted us without any condition. There's nothing that we can do to make ourselves worthy. Nothing at all. And there's a real peace there. And what a burden that is lifted off our shoulders knowing we don't have to earn our place. We simply respond to the free gift of salvation. What a privilege that is. Whilst we were still sinners in Romans, Christ died for us. And Romans talks about that at our very worst, Jesus came for us. We don't have to perform for God. We simply rest in the knowledge that he has chosen and he's calling us to follow him. You know, one of the things that really, I suppose, I struggle with is realizing that I don't deserve to be saved. I struggle with it because, because I, I, I want to earn my way to salvation. I want, I want to prove myself. But God, God loves us while we're still sinners. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve to be forgiven. There's nothing we can do to earn forgiveness. It's simply accepting Jesus. And that's that gospel message we're going to keep hearing about because it impacts us so much. But when we understand it, when we truly understand what it is to be accepted and forgiven freely, we are able to accept 
and commit and connect and love people around us without conditions and we start to love people in new ways. It's important that we learn to accept people warts and all. Now the person next to you might have giant warts, they might be bigger warts than your warts, but God is still calling us to love them, to passionately connect with them to embrace them as brothers and sisters, regardless of their wart. Now, I'm talking a lot about warts, but what I'm talking about is much bigger than warts. I'm talking about differences of opinion, differences of theology, whatever that is that might stop you from connecting and embracing the people around you. God is wanting us to move on from that and to accept one another. That's in our brothers and sisters of Christ, that we accept one another and that we pursue God in that acceptance. Fantastic. That in our relationships, we seek to complement each other and we don't seek to change the other person. Now, I started to try to change my wife early on in our marriage and is a tip, free tip from Sam for uh, newly married. Don't do that. Uh, doesn't work. Uh, every, every time I wanted to change my wife, it would backfire. And I had to learn that uh, letting God change my wife is the absolute best. And uh, uh, young people, is another tip for you. If you're, if you're single, I implore with you, don't marry someone who's not walking in step with God because you are going to be the sole change agent in that person's life. And the responsibility and burden of trying to change that person is going to rely on you. And that's going to be a burden that you're going to carry your whole life. See, it's the greatest joy in my life is knowing that I don't have to change anyone. And what I've noticed is that my wife has become even more beautiful and, and in so many ways she's just an amazing person and seeing what God is doing in her life, and I've had nothing to do with it, but seeing what God has done in my wife's life has just been phenomenal and it's been a, such a release for me having to try and change. I don't want to be the naggy husband or naggy wife, but uh, so young people, marry someone who's walking in step with the Holy Spirit and let God change them because your needs are going to continually change and, and your insecurities are going to continually change. And you don't want to have to rely on the other person to try and meet your needs. So marry well, connect and commit well. Uh, good tips from Pastor Sam, fantastic. Now, some of, some of us might be thinking, maybe I don't, I don't really need people. You're a bit of a lone ranger. In fact, you probably don't like um, hanging around people as much. Well, can I challenge you that uh, God wants you to be connected to his body? And I'll give you an example of, of how we need God. You know, Adam was walking with God. He had close fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden right at the beginning of time. And yet God saw that Adam still needed something. And God created Eve to fulfill and complement Adam. And it's really important that we realize that we need each other, that God has designed us for relationship, that God himself is in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he invites us into that friendship, into that relationship. And so we are designed from the ground up to be in relationship with each other together. We're designed not to try and change the other person. We're not about behavior modification. We're not trying to change people. That's God's job. He does that work in our lives and he does an amazing job at it as well. 
that's the Holy Spirit's domain is to create change in our life. We can encourage and speak truth into people's lives, but we leave the change to God. We can encourage people to change. We can point them in the right direction. But how we treat each other, we treat them with love and acceptance. And we allow God to do the work in, in His time in their lives. Now, uh, our default position ought to be to love one another. Our default position ought to be to accept one another. Now, as we get older, sometimes that can, can be a challenge and, and we can be hurt by relationships and we can be frustrated by, by people around us and we can, we can grow a hard outer shell like a hermit crab that protects itself from all the elements. Yeah, but, but what God is wanting us to do is to, to be able to embrace and accept each other freely without these protectionisms all around us. And so if you've been hurt, I want to encourage you to, to don't let a hurt become a lifestyle. Don't, don't let a hurt change who you are and your ability to engage and love people around you. See, God has put you into a workplace, into a home, into a family for you to connect, for you to accept each other as brothers and sisters as in Christ. And that is, that is, your, that is your role. And God doesn't want you to cut yourself off relationally from people because that's his ability to connect with the people around you. And it's important that we realize that we are part of a body that has a purpose and a plan. We're not here by accident. We're not here waiting to die to go to heaven. Uh, we're here to be a part of God's kingdom. And that's a revelation we need to continually take on board. Now, the body of Christ is a movement. It's far bigger than this church. It's far bigger than all churches. In fact, it's bigger than the church. The body of Christ is, is something that's beautiful. The kingdom of God is massive. And it's a privilege to be a part of it. But we don't get to decide who's in. We don't get to decide who's out. Now, in uh, Matthew 13, Jesus talks a parable about the weeds getting pulled out at the end of time. And uh, that's... He's going to separate the, the good and the bad. He's going to separate those who are his and those who aren't. And he, in Matthew 25, he talks about the goats and the sheep being separated at the end of time. And it's really important that we realize that it's not our job to separate the sheep and the goats now. Now, sometimes we, we, we like to um, separate things and, you know, see who's in our club and who's not. Uh, but that's not how God is wanting us to respond now, with this COVID-19 coronavirus, um, there's lots of testing kits that are going around and everyone's getting tested for this coronavirus. But you know what? There's no test to know who's in the kingdom of God. There's no test to know who's in the body of Christ. You know, for centuries, people have tried to come up with ways of testing, you know, who's in the club. Sometimes people use theology or ideas or philosophy to to understand and define the body of Christ. But it's not our job to do that. We simply accept and love everyone. Now, it doesn't mean accepting everyone's ideas because there's a lot of crazy ideas out there. Coronavirus has brought out a lot of them. But there's a lot of crazy ideas, but we, we're not called to accept every idea, but we are called to accept and love and value the person. Now, whether they're inside the body of Christ or not, our calling is the same and our calling is to love them, to, to accept them, to embrace them, to meet their needs, to be there for them, to carry them when they're down. 
There's a lot of things that we're called to do, but we are called as a body to respond to a hurting and broken world in both a physical and a spiritual way. We don't get to decide who's in or not. John 13, 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples and that you love one another. That's our calling card. That's how you know which club we're in is that we love one another. What an amazing community that is when a church is operating in this way where we treat one another with a complete acceptance. We don't have to accept their ideas, but we accept them as a person because they have made in God's image. They're created, crafted and handcrafted in, in a beautiful way. And God has his thumbprint of identity on each person. And it's important for us to realize the uniqueness and value of the individual. Our response ought to be the same. Our default position ought to be to embrace people. Now in Corona, uh, we can't do a lot of embracing. Um, you might be able to sneak in a sneaky hug now and then, uh, but we're not to embrace yet, soon, but not yet. Uh, but look, it's, it's that attitude that we're talking about, the attitude of embracing, of acceptance. That is what we're called to do. That is who we're called to be as God's people. Let's not grow cynical as we get older. Let's not grow a hard outer shell. But let's embrace people with a warmth and a genuine and authentic love that comes from our connection with Christ. Romans 15 verse 8, continuing on. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. And then, and then Paul goes on, this giant list of, of verses that he pulls out of the, the Old Testament, and he's giving the vision that God has of unity. Since the dawn of time, God has got this vision of coming together. And Paul is writing this to the Jews and to the Gentiles in the Roman church who are struggling to get on. And he's saying, hey, the vision of, of God's unity started at the dawn of time and, and we, he's rebirthing that vision in our church now. And he encourages us to jump into, into this place and to immerse ourselves with this attitude of accepting each other without any conditions, without what we can get in return, but of a genuine, authentic and acceptance. Uh, therefore, in, in the next verse, it says, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I'll sing hymns to your name. That's in 2 Samuel 22 and Psalms 18. Again, it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. It's in Deuteronomy 32, 43. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. In Psalms 117. And then in Isaiah, it says, The root of Jesse will spring up. The one who will arise to rule over the nations, the Gentiles will hope in him. And that's in Isaiah 11.10. So God is longing for a unity. He's longing for us as his church to be united, to accept each other in that place of unity. Because we are made in his image, because he chose and accepted us in all our failings, with our warts and our lack of hair, whatever blemishes you have, whatever failings you have in your life, you've ever been accepted by Jesus freely and he's wanting you to accept and love and value the people around you in the same way. It was out of the same desire of acceptance and value that Martin Luther King, King out of his passion and love for Jesus, discovered or not discovered, but he, he wrote this amazing 
dream vision casting uh, that we all probably heard. And uh, the part that I really like about it is he says, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out its creed. And uh, he, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And then he goes on and there's so many beautiful things he says in his, his, his dream casting vision. But it comes down to this idea of equality. We are all made equal under God. And it, it's created a whole platform of change in America, that vision. And that same, in the same way, God is wanting us, our church, to embrace each other freely to love those that are very different in their views and their theology. You know, one of the challenges that's been for me is to, is to pray for the other churches that are different. You know, it's easy to, to love the people that are like you, that are in your bubble, but it's a challenge to step out of our bubble and love and genuinely accept people who are different, who sound different, who, who believe different things, who have different emphases. It's important for us to realize that we are called to love, to an acceptance that is not defined by us, but it's defined by God. Now, Paul, in his epistles, he writes of some certain conditions where he, he distances himself from people who are destructive to the church. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about our default position to love. Our default position is to acceptance. That our default position is that we trust people that we're not gullible, but our default position is I'm going to love you. My default position is I'm going to embrace you. And that's where God wants us to get to as a church. We are all equal in our need of saving, equal in our need of God's grace, and equal in our need of each other. We are both needy and needed. And uh, we are all needed to form the physical body of the spiritual kingdom that God is birthing in our world. Now, the Passion City Church is uh, Louis Giglio's church. I love this church. And he is a, a saying that I think is, uh, I'd love to take on board. I'd love to steal off him and, and use my own. But he's, he says, you will never be fully you without church. And church will never be fully church without you. So you are needed in the body of Christ. You are needed in church. You are needed to be a part of what God is doing. You're not a luxurious extra. You're not a spectator. You're a participant. And that is an exciting place to be when you're involved and engaged. But it's only as we accept each other openly, honestly, and authentically that God is able to use us in that place. By this, they will know that you are my disciples and that you love one another, that we accept one another, that we embrace one another. Romans 15 verse 5, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. Endurance. Uh, Paul wouldn't have mentioned endurance if it wasn't hard. See, sometimes unity, sometimes accepting people who are different is really hard. And you might be thinking about that with me. Sometimes accepting Sam is, is a challenge and, a, and is hard work. I'm sorry, but it probably is true. Uh, but there's this perseverance that's needed. So just keep on loving, keep on accepting. Don't stop accepting. Pursue those relationships. Rebuild those relationships that are broken. Maybe it's people in your family members that you haven't connected with for a long time. Do whatever you can do to rebuild those connections and embrace the people around you that God has given you in your proximity. 
It's important that we understand that God wants us and He's placed us where we are, that we could reach out to everyone that we're connected with, that we can love them authentically. Unity is worth fighting for, absolutely. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters that we disagree with. Let's pray for them, not that they change their mind and become like us, but we can learn to contemplate, sorry, to complement them, that we can work with them. You see, no two people have the same theology. No two people have the same understanding of who God is. And I think that's significant because it's only as we come together that we form the complete picture of Jesus, of his body. And that's a beautiful thing. You are needed. And I might think that your theology is a little crazy and your views are a little nuts, but that's okay because you are needed to help form the body of Christ. And as we start to listen to God more and more, we give a clarity to who Jesus is into this world. We're called to to connect and to love each other, not to just tolerate each other. And I think there's a very big difference that it's easy to tolerate people, but God wants us to go a whole nother step to embrace the people that are around us. So if you're in the same family now, you have permission to embrace your family members, keeping the distance if you need to, but uh, embrace one another. That is, that is what we're called to be as a people. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters of other churches. Let's, let's bless the other churches around us. Let's pray for their success. Let that be our default position that we default, that we connect, we accept them for who they are. We don't try to change the people or the world around us, but we love them and allow God to change their hearts in, in, in His way, in His timing. God is very good at changing, not us. We are at our best when we are in a place of unity. There's an African proverb that said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think that's true of our church, that as a church that we, I want to go far. I want our influence to go deep. I want us to reach our community in a new way. I want our church to have an effectiveness that goes far. Now, the only way it's going to go far is if there is a sense of unity, there's a sense of acceptance together and within the community, that we accept and love the community, that we allow God to do the change in people's lives. That's really, really important. Unity is not the goal. It's a byproduct of a correct thinking. It's a byproduct of transforms hearts and minds. There's a lot of people that love this idea of world peace. We're all going to come together. We're going to be one big happy family. Maybe a bit of a pipe dream. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a novel idea. I like it, uh, but it's probably never going to happen. See, the reality is is that we need to learn to accept each other and to have God's value for each other before any of this is going to happen. Let's take hold of that truth for us today, that we value each other, that we accept each other, not for what they can do for us, but for who God has made them and for who they are called to be as a part of the body of Christ. See, our witness and our praise is found in our oneness in Christ. And verse 9, nearly there, that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. You know, there's something amazing when you come to a concert when you're all together. 
It's so much better being together in a concert. I remember the World Cup, watching Harry Kill in 2016 put that amazing header in. And I was at home wishing I was there, wishing I was with everyone else collectively celebrating that. And that is that the joy that we have as a community when we accept each other, when we share God's common goals and visions, there is an abundance and there's a joy there. There's an excitement and a passion that's released. And I want to be a part of that. And I want our church community to be a part of that, to take hold of this joy and this passion that God has for our community. And we take hold of that today. Love Does, this Love Does series is accepting people without conditions without an agenda, because we have been accepted without conditions, without an agenda. Verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that overflow of, the ho- of the hope is what our community needs now. Hope is what our community, our country, our world needs most right now. So let's accept one another and allow God's hope to flood our homes, flood our communities, flood our governments. Would you join with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, please challenge us. Please take us to the place of accepting each other. Lord, I pray that you would help us in our relationships, that we would stop trying to change the people around us, that would simply love them, that would simply encourage them in their walk with you, that we would encourage them to come and meet with you daily. Lord, that you would do the change inside people's hearts, that you would do the change inside our communities. Lord, that you would do the change inside a government, Lord, that you would bring the right people up. Thank you for our government. We pray a blessing over our leaders. We thank you for our leaders, Lord. We pray for a godly influence in our leadership, Lord, both in our church, Lord, in our nation, in our councils, in our government. Lord, we pray in every area, in every way that your influence would extend, Lord, and that we would learn to accept one another because you've accepted us, no strings attached. Lord, help us to be authentic lovers and followers of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, amen.